0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Throughout August, we are sharing some of our power, our favourites, and we are going all the way back today to February 2019, when I sat down to record with the wonderful Fern Cotton. Now, this episode was, of course, pre-pandemic, and we recorded in a studio in Soho, Fern is of course one of the UK's favourite broadcasters and in this episode we talk about her incredible career and all of the years that she spent at Radio 1 hosting the iconic Live Lounge. Fern is now the host of the Happy Place podcast and has created a whole festival that brings people together to move and breathe and talk about all things related to well-being and she's written a number of books talking about well-being and specifically mental health. I remember that Fern was so candid in this conversation. She was an absolute dream guest to interview. Bear in mind that four years ago, it was kind of the start of my podcast hosting journey. I was still figuring it all out and I was really nervous. I really wanted it to go well. And then I absolutely loved every single minute. So let's have a listen to The Power Hour with Fern Cotton. Welcome to The Power Hour. I'm Adrienne Herbert wellness coach, international speaker, and author. Each week I speak to a variety of guests from business founders to Olympic athletes, leading coaches, change makers, and innovators to find out their daily habits, their rules to live by, and what motivates them to get up out of bed each day. Personally, I am on a mission to encourage, motivate, and inspire. So I hope that the Power Hour will help you to achieve your personal and professional goals. Welcome back to the Power Hour podcast. My guest today is a mother of two, a best-selling author and broadcasting legend. She has presented popular TV shows such as Top of the Pops, Children in Need Rocks and Celebrity Juice. Back in 2005, she joined BBC Radio 1, where she was the host of The Live Lounge, for an impressive 10 years. The Live Lounge mixed incredible live acoustic performances and celebrity interviews from some of the biggest music acts in the world. Today, she is the host of the hugely successful Happy Place podcast. As well as all of this, somehow she still manages to find the time to support a range of charities such as Comic Relief, The Princess Trust, and Copperfield. I am so excited to be joined by this absolute superstar and possibly the coolest mum on the planet. Welcome to the show fern cotton well it's going to be a letdown now isn't it
1: there's no way i'm going to be that person i'm just a knackered mum today but thank you anyway that's actually a shorter (laughs) version Honestly,
0: i could have gone on and on but fern this is mega i am so happy to have you in the studio and on the power hour
1: thank you so much for having me
0: i mean where do i start what an incredible career you have had so far when you first got started presenting, you were just 15, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, so young. So can we rewind it back to the beginning? I would love to know how you first got started.
1: God, I mean, I can just about remember um, because it was 22 years ago. So it's a lot of stuff to reel back through. But mm. the sort of beginning bit was mega exciting. And I kind of all through my childhood, I knew I wanted to do some sort of performing I didn't know if it was acting if it was dancing whatever and I kind of danced from five until I was about 18 when I was working I still kind of went to ballet and street dance whatever and that was my mega passion and then I started to go to drama club at about the age of 12 and thought oh actually I really like the feel of this this is really awesome and I started going to auditions for anything whether it be an advert or a theatre production Did a bunch of little theatre shows locally and you know, drum performances and mm. some questionable TV adverts. Um, and then went for this one audition for Disney Club, and I mm. thought it was for an acting gig and it was for a presenting role. I didn't even know what that was, but I got the job and thought, I've made a terrible mistake here because I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and I've sort of learned over the last 22 years to to know what I'm doing, I guess. Um, so, yeah, that was the the start of it all. And I feel really lucky that I had that break after kind of a lot of work before it, but I got that little break that's allowed me to move into all these interesting areas at a later point in life.
0: Yeah, amazing. And I never knew that you danced. I never knew yeah, that. About
1: you. Yeah, yeah. I, I was completely obsessed. Sort of ballet first of all, from five until I was about twelve, then carried on doing ballet, but then started doing tap and contemporary. Yep. I loved contemporary and um street dancing, like literally any type of dancing I would go Nearly every day of the week there was a local drama and dance club called Soul which is still going and um run by these two brilliant people called Chris and Alex, and they kind of invented this amazing local drama and dance club for us all in our local area in the suburbs of Northwest london and um And I would just go at any given opportunity i 'd do any class they had going on i 'd spend all weekend there and I wanted to be like a dancer on top of the pops mm. or be in the West End or something like that yeah. and that was my absolute passion.
0: Well, I'm the same. that's what I did too. So mm. me my brother and sister, we did all of that. And yeah, I went into dancing in, in town in the West End and my brother did that wow. as What well. shows did you do? I did We Were Rock You. Wow. And actually, a lot of the listeners of this show probably don't know that because, you know, you do things like way back when. And so it was probably, how many years? Nine years ago that wow. I was in We Were Rock You. So yeah, yeah. That's and so cool. So listening to you say that, I know what you mean. I did everything the same, ballet, tap, modern, jazz. You just kind of did live any of it? at the dance school. Yeah. yeah,
1: and you just... You know, you would dream about dance and think about it when you weren't there and that's all you wanted to do. And I really miss it because I'm almost sort of too nervous to go to a dance class now in my late 30s. I'm like, oh, my God, what if it's full of 18-year-olds who are amazing? I'm too nervous. And I I wish I could get back into it you in should. some way because I really miss it. And I, you know, I dick around in the kitchen at home spinning around. <laughs> the kids are like, oh, my God, stop. It's so embarrassing. But um I miss it. I love it should. so much. Right.
0: Okay. Leave it with me. Okay. I'll oh no, I'm now nervous. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. But one thing that is so admirable and inspiring is your work ethic because nobody gets to be where you are today without being prepared to work incredibly hard. So, where do you think that ambition and that work ethic comes from?
1: Um, you're right. I think a lot of people just go, oh, lucky, just everything on a play, And it's absolutely not the case with me. Anyway, I've had some very lucky moments, like that first job. Absolutely um, brilliant luck that I was in the right place at the right time. And this wonderful woman called Maddie, who I'm still great friends with, who was working at um, Buena Vista and doing all the Disney Club shows at the time, saw something in me, God knows what, but she you know, saw that there was something to be moulded there and I'm forever grateful. But post that nothing is a given Mm. and I am as freelance as they come. So there's no security in any of it. I have to create new challenges and, and new goals for myself constantly which luckily I love and I think naturally I'm very driven uh, my dad's the like most hardworking person I've ever met he's worked since he was 15 and he still works every day now he's a sign writer and he's done the same thing the whole time he absolutely loves it but he works so hard um, and my mum's always been had a really kind of like um, vivacious drive about her and wanted to do lots and get lots done so I think I kind of got the good bits of both of them in that way mm. and have been able to sort of channel all of that sometimes quite intense energy that I have it can be quite fidgety and edgy but I can channel that into doing lots Mm. and um, I have my you know I find it hard to sleep because my brain's constantly conjuring up things that are either completely pointless or sometimes great and then I have to kind of put the work in to make things happen so I think I am lucky that I naturally have a drive and I don't ever think Oh man I've got to write that podcast podcast episode and then I've got to go into a meeting I'm like oh, I can't wait I can't wait to get stuck into it all The only challenging bit is juggling it with with a family but yeah, the rest sure. is a joy
0: Yeah yeah we're going to talk about that actually and I, yeah I think it's really brilliant that you said that you know that often people do see people in you know wherever they are and think oh wow lucky good for her you know but actually as you said it doesn't come without hard work and it certainly doesn't last without hard work
1: No and also it doesn't come without uh Personally making mistakes and also personally being rejected, personally going through things that go horrifically wrong. Mm. I've had all of those things happen. Um, And then it's how you pick yourself back up and try again. And Mm. I don't think any person out there who's doing what they do well or, or enjoying what they do... You know, There's no exception to that rule. Everyone has been through a process of um, feeling like they're not doing well enough or being rejected or told they're not good enough or being out of work. There's, there's not many people that don't fit into that category.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so on that, I guess, would what would be your advice be to anyone listening to this show who may be at the start of their career, especially if they're trying to get into media? Because, as you know, it's the industry is notoriously
1: tough. It is, and I think the main thing for any job, even if it's completely away from media or whatever it is, fitness, like what you do so brilliantly. Um, it, it's. About not focusing on the end goal because you think you've got an end goal, but you haven't really. I used to think I had an end goal, like, I want to be this. Great TV presenter on brilliant primetime shows and for everyone to love it and blah, blah, blah. That's not my goal anymore. It might have been when I was 17, 18, mm. um, but I didn't end up there. You know, you have to constantly enjoy what you're doing. And even if you're at the first rung of the ladder, um, enjoy that bit and don't rush ahead too much because I've done the same, worked in the same industry for 22 years. But now in the last sort of three years, I've had a bit of a change up and I'm focusing my energies elsewhere and putting it a lot more into well-being and mental health and my writing. And I feel like I'm at the first rung again. I'm starting all over again and I'm not daunted. And I know I'm very lucky that I've already had um, some very wonderful moments but uh, career-wise, but I am very much at the start again and I'm not racing to whatever that end goal might be. I'm just going this is cool. There is another challenge. How am I gonna tackle it and not get too ahead of myself? And mm. and also because you know you're never you won't feel any different at the end of it. You're not gonna be a better person, happier, more complete. You're just gonna have had more experiences. So don't focus on that end bit. Just work hard. Don't be a Dick is an important one. (laughs) Be nice to people. Like, be nice to everyone that you're working with. Doesn't mean you're a walkover. You know, you can still have a vehement opinion and you can Mm -hmm. say no, but be nice. Um, And know that it's it is going to take work that, there's yeah. no other way around it there's just not
0: yeah i love that and i love the whole you know not just focusing on the end because i think for there's for a lot of people just focusing on the end you don't actually enjoy the process no. because you're just like i'm not there yet i'm not yet i'm not there yet yeah but also when you focus on the end too much sometimes that's so overwhelming because it mm. can seem like such you know the goal is so far away from where yeah. you are now that you just kind of can't imagine the steps to getting there no and
1: so. then you and then you cut corners and that's there's, that's no use to you because you have to go through every stage of whatever career in and experience the good bits and the bad bits to mm. then end up feeling educated and knowledgeable in that field of work whatever it might be
0: mm. yeah no shortcuts i love it take notes mm. guys so as i mentioned at the beginning um bbc radio one live lounge oh yeah. my goodness i absolutely loved it that must have been so much fun
1: it was amazing. It was an extraordinary experience. It was terrifying at first because I took over from the amazing Joe Wiley, who I call Queen Joe to her face. <laughs> and it was really scary. Um, but it was just the most exceptional experience. You know, I got to interview... Every band, artist, um, dance act, DJ that I could have dreamed of, you know, yeah. just everyone. Every and week. It was someone, every week yeah. and sometimes every day because we would do a month in September where we have someone every day. And, you know, it was I never became sort of nonchalant about it. I was constantly sort of in awe of the fact that I had that access and not only to interview them, but to sit, you know, two feet away from Coldplay just tinkering on the piano Chris Martin on the piano and singing beautifully or Dave Grohl on the next chair playing a song acoustic you know I never ever became normal and and I've got some amazing memories from that extraordinary time and the bizarre situations I ended up in Um, and it was a tough decision to let it go but I'm all about chapters and Mm -hmm. starting again and testing yourself and not becoming complacent and um and like just Trying new stuff, so I keep learning really. So I knew that it was time, and now Clara's doing the most magnificent job there. Yeah. So it was lovely to kind of hand that over to another you know, brilliant female broadcaster.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is an amazing show. So many epic performances as you yeah. said, obviously they then bought the album out. I personally loved Lamar's cover of The Darkness. Remember that? Believe, oh my God, God. That. that's such How- a random one that I had
1: forgotten about. How- that version is just sick. he like, such a good voice. If you don't know that
0: version, guys, check it out. And, and- he's
1: got bright green eyes and I couldn't <laughs> stop Every time I've interviewed them, I'm like, I can't deal with these eyes. They're yeah. exceptional eyes. Yeah. Oh.
0: And also, another one I loved was Ella Eyre's cover of Sia Elastic Heart. So was yes. up there for me. Amazing.
1: God, um, you've got a great memory of these. I don't remember any of them. Well, I was hey, just heck. about to
0: say, do you have a favourite
1: all-time <laughs> um, live lounge
0: performance?
1: Yes, I think I've probably got a few. Um, I remember, oh God, oh, this one moment was just really out-of-body experience. So we were at Maidervale. Vale. If we had like a big live lounge where it was either a US artist who wanted a specific sound or um, it, it needed more of a sort of technical engineering sort of look at what they were doing, we would go to Maidervale. Vale. And one of those occasions, we had Eminem in the live lounge, which again, it was just so surreal. And I turned up and th- and he wasn't there. There was about five Man, mountains, these men that were like eight foot tall and six foot wide. And Instantly, I was terrified, like, I don't want to do this. I think I'm just going to go home again. This is too much for me to deal with. Um, uh, You know, um, an artist or a man that needs six mountains at all times with him seems too much for me to handle. (laughs) So I was really terrified. But um, And he came in, did a rehearsal whilst we were playing songs out on air, and he swore the whole way through it. And I was like, this is going to be an absolute disaster because I'm going to have to jump in when he's singing and say, so apologise, guys, I'm so sorry about that. I didn't (laughs) want to do that. So then we had a quick chat and he was very sweet and then did the performance and edited out every single swear word, cuss, whatever, so beautifully. Like, it was just so skilled. Well, and he did. Yeah, so yeah. he, so he just kind then- of edited out every single word, cuss that would have been there. It was so beautiful to watch and his energy was like oh my God, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. His energy just lit up the room and it was such a powerful experience because there was no audience. It was mm. me and a producer and then these six mountain men people. And 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 him stood there just emitting this energy. Wow. Um, and then after the performance, he like really relaxed and we had a really nice interview and a really nice chat. And it was one of those sort of exceptional pinch me moments where I think I am so lucky that I got to stand two feet watching him just channel that, that energy. Um, that was really, really amazing. And every time Coldplay came in, every t- time Dave Grohl came in, um, I remember Laura Mavula doing this beautiful piano performance of Coldplay Yellow, and and I just cried my eyes out and I was like, wow. I don't even care. And Adele, Adele um, came in and did this whole live lounge special five songs back to back, and that voice that close is yeah. is just overwhelming, you know. Wow. Beautiful. So yeah, it was kind of a magical experience whenever we had that Live face to face moment.
0: Yeah, that that all of that is just absolute madness. And mm. as I said at the beginning, you're like the coolest mom ever. Can you imagine telling your kids this? You know, hanging out with
1: Eminem. Just, don't, I mean, <laughs> even my stepkids. I've got stepkids who're 13 and 17, and they just think me and my husband are just tragic. You know, they're constantly <laughs> taking the mickey out of us. Um, we're not cool in the slightest. And I will try and impress them again. Like, you know, you know, I you know if they're listening to Eminem, I, just, I, I interviewed him before, and they're like great, good for you. Like, it's just, <laughs> just not... Just wait, They're, they will. Wait at you... the moment, all of them, I think, just think we're embarrassing. But and that's, that's a teenager's job, right? I think so. And yeah. even my three-year-old, just like, please stop dancing, mum. Okay.
0: okay. Yeah, just you wait. They're going to realise that's who you so. are. <laughs> and then moving on from your career in radio, you also have a huge audience on social media. On Instagram and Twitter combined, it's almost 10 million people. Like, that's insane. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, And you've been incredibly open and honest uh, when talking about your own challenges with mental health over the last few years. And your recent podcast episode with Bryony Gordon was just amazing.
1: Thank you. So
0: why do you think it is important that we share these conversations?
1: I think it is massively, you know, I have this bizarre platform um, because I've been in the public eye for a long time. Um, And what's the point of it unless you're going to use it for some good, you know, how many times can I post a picture of a nice jacket that I've bought and and what impact does that have? I mean, not very much, apart from, and of course, a very sort of narcissistic way of me going, oh, people like my new jacket. But why not use that to do something that has a positive impact? And, um, you know, I'm not doing anything out of the ordinary or, or doing anything above and beyond. I just think it's a much... Um, nicer way of doing things to be authentic and to talk about things in a real way and I didn't have the opportunity really before social media or certainly before I started writing books to talk about anything that was really going on in my life I just sort of kept it very two dimensional when this is who I am on the TV this is who I am on the radio and that's all you're really getting Mm. and then I I kind of you know took a little bit of courage I guess to go actually I'm just going to talk about what I'm really going through and see what the reaction is and I was terrified to do so especially before my first book Happy came out um, but then I've seen that the reaction has been one of connection rather than you know alienation or all the other things that I feared so um, I'm very sort of lucky in the fact that I've I've sort of told bits of my story in a very true and authentic way and, and that's um, you know now ended up resulted in other people wanting to share their stories with me and and creating a sort of uh, community of mm. sorts I guess.
0: Definitely, it, it definitely has and mm. I think it's amazing that you do use your platform and that you've you know, opened up these conversations and as you said with your books and with your podcasts, I don't think Fern that you actually will ever realise the impact mm. of how many people that's truly helped.
1: Yeah, I, f- I don't like to think about anything too specific because I You know, I'm not the sort of person that's going to believe any hype at all. If anything, my default setting is, oh, my God, everyone thinks I'm a knob. You know, that person (laughs) hates me. I shouldn't have said that. You know, my constant default is to berate myself rather than to go, you know, well done me. And I'm sort of working on that now. And I certainly want to get that nailed by 40. It's about two years to really focus on that one. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I guess I can see some of the impact that I'm making but um, really I think someone can read one of my books and that might have a positive um, impact on them and they might decide to make small changes or whatever but they're the ones who are doing the work Mm -hmm. if they've decided to um, you know listen to someone else's story whether it be mine or anyone's and then apply it to their own life and see how they can make that change they're they're doing the hard work bit, so I kind of think that i 'm lucky I get to kind of discuss these things, and it might spark something in someone, but mm. I think wholeheartedly the um, accountability comes from the people that are actually directly making those positive changes um, and good for them.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's true. But also this self-deprecating thing, Fern, that you're talking about, <laughs> like you said, by 40, I feel like, honestly, I'm going to introduce you to some of these women who are online who are basically just I feel like it's the opposite of that. It's literally mm. like you've got to love yourself. You've got to I'm so sh-
1: trying. Yeah,
0: and also you you've got to kind of celebrate, you know, your own achievements, your own success. And I think women especially, we've kind of been taught that you know, we mustn't do that. We must kind yeah. of you know, downplay everything and you can never be, you know, confident. It's, it's very a very British thing, thing as very well. British. I think
1: in America everyone's like, "Yeah, man, you are great. I want to be like you." Whereas over here, someone's doing well and everyone else goes, "Oh, good for you. Mm. Let's knock you down." And yeah. I think it's a very weird cultural um you know, bizarre mindset that we've been in for a long, long time. Yeah. And like you say, there are lots of mavericks out there wanting to change that yeah. language and how we talk about ourselves. And it's very, very important. Mm.
0: It's difficult to do, for sure. But I do mm. think that, you know, even just reading out your intro and you're like, oh, you know, I'm not going to live up to that. You, <laughs> you know, you did all of those things. This is you. And it's, it is hard for us sometimes to hear things about ourselves and go, yeah.
1: It is, and also, I, I think because I've been in the public eye a very long time, you know, you hear a lot of things about yourself you don't want to hear, and you get told a lot of things that aren't factually true or assumptions that are made... And when you are feeling more vulnerable mm-hmm. or not great, you will take that on board, and part of you can start to believe it. And that's the dangerous bit. You have to go, no, 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 no. It doesn't matter that whoever thinks I'm this or that, or have, has made such an assumption that I know isn't true. I have to go with what I know is 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 correct for me, and and what feels right. And um, and I think. I have been battered by that to some extent. I think most people in the public eye feel that way unless that, you know, I am a sensitive person right. and I don't think that helps or is conducive to what I like doing in the public <laughs> eye because you've got to be as hard as nails and yeah. some people are and that's, you know, what a skill to be able to put that armour on. I don't have that. I am... You know, really sensitive to everything, and I take things on board, which I think is good in a way because it allows me to channel it into my writing and podcast. But I know that what I need to work on is that self-acceptance, self-love. Mm. Um, and I'm only really understanding the true importance of that now, I think. Mm wow that's amazing good for you mm, mm. because you're
0: amazing everybody loves fern everybody mm,
1: god i love you of you I'm so, trying not to say something self-deprecating after that and just go thank you thank you take it
0: so also in the episode with Bryony, and as i said i loved the episode for so many reasons um i'm a runner and you guys talked a lot about running and about exercise um and so yeah i totally get it i know that you run a bit sometimes too yes. but you also use the fit app at home
1: yes i do talk to me yes i do <laughs> It's been a bit of a game changer. Um, I first started talking to the guys that created the app and I was really intrigued because I'd never used any online fitness anything. You know, yeah. I went to the gym occasionally. I liked going to yoga classes, did a bit of yoga on my own at home, so I've done it for a long time and I would go running quite a lot. Um, and I thought, you know what, I'm I'm up for giving it a go. I haven't really ever done workout classes or anything like that and me and my husband have become quite obsessed. My husband acutely obsessed with Richie Norton. Okay. <laughs> it's a bit like there's three people in this marriage now and I'm not okay with it. Um it's you know, oh babe, do you want to have a cup of tea? No, i just me and Richie we I'm going to be in the front room doing a Richie thing. I love it. My husband he's also obsessed. Does
0: it. So there's lots of Richie man crushes going on completely yeah.
1: because I think he's doing a really wonderful sort of yoga flow that is really great for guys. Yeah. And I think some blokes are a bit put off by yoga because it seems like it's going to be too feminine. Or I don't know what sort of idea they have around it, but, but Richie's really tapped into that husband zone. Yes. And Jesse is obsessed. He's loving it. He's loving it. I am um, really trying to mix up. And I do a lot of yours. I, when I'm feeling... If I wake up and I'm like, I'm feeling pretty damn good today, yeah. I will go one of your classes 40 minutes advance yes
0: Fern yes so, I oh will God, if anyone listening who doesn't know what we're are talking so about so hard honestly if anyone if you're listening to this thinking what are they talking about basically the fit app is an app that you download on your phone yeah and there's all different types of classes on there there is cardio strength yoga pilates 25 or 40 minutes and I'm one of the trainers on the app and Richie Norton That Fern you go hardcore
1: though you I don't mean, piss around you are like <laughs> you by the end of this will not be able to walk no that's because you picked
0: advance that, guys that i is also I'm an the ones, list. yeah but there's Beginner ones on there. Don't let Fern put you. I've never off. done it. Never done that <laughs> one. I went
1: straight it. into advance. Yes.
0: Well, I mean, you haven't done I like a challenge. You've done it a few times. Do you want me to check. Oh my gosh, here we go. But honestly, there are there no, are easier classes too, so don't be put off. But Fern just likes to do the advanced one. This is but why um, I like the app
1: because I can browse my history and then I can be not at all self-deprecating. So my fit um, in total in the last I'd say four months, three months. 82 classes. Wowzers. 38 cardio. One strength. <laughs> Didn't like it. Uh it's 40, a lot of 43 rebalance. There I don't know how many of those are yours, but there's a that's, bloody lot of yours in there. That's very balanced. The, the rebalance tons. with the cardio, that's great. Yeah, that suits me. And mixing it up still with a bit of running. Mm-hmm. I do like to go for a little I had a little run yesterday. Really nice, came back, had a little stretch. And then, you know, I didn't do anything today because I had to get up early. But tomorrow I might do one of yours. I might do a cat method, little yoga class. Just having... And also, because I'm really busy with my children, Mm. I don't have time to go, oh, let me look on a local yoga timetable and see when I can get to a class. I I don't have that time. So to be able to roll out a yoga mat, do a class there and then on my TV... Mm. Oh my God, that has been a game changer for Amazing. me. Massively. I love seeing your
0: stories afterwards when you post. Dripping after- <laughs> with sweat,
1: looking rank. With your hair in a top hair knot. Hair in a top knot, it. sweating in red.
0: And we mentioned a little bit about motherhood, so I do want to talk to you about that because you're a mother of two children. Yeah, I'm a mother myself, I've got one son, and actually you are the first mother to be a guest on The Power Hour.
1: Oh, yeah. that's nice. I had
0: a few people recently saying, um, "Are you gonna?" It's all because the power hour we're going to talk about, but it's all about the first hour of the day because I'm yeah. an early bird as well and I get up early. And yeah, often people who aren't keen on this getting up early vibe are like, "Well, it's all right for you know this person and that person." And because Richie's been on the show as well and he talks about his morning thing, you know, he lights a candle, all of this. And people are like, "Well, all right for him. He hasn't got kids." Yeah. And one person said, I, "You know, you need to get a parent on the show." And I was Here like, I am. Hello, I'm a mum yeah, too." Yeah, you are exactly. But, but you're a mum of two. So. Yeah. We should definitely talk about that. So, how has well, I guess how do you manage your career,
1: mm. motherhood, as you mm. said, having some time, some time for yourself? Mm. It's tricky, um, and also because I like my job, so sometimes I have to say <laughs> you to you myself, "Because I like my kids." <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of like my kids. Um, I love my kids, and I really like my job. Yeah. So I have to tell myself to stop and to have time to myself. Um, but it is hectic. So I've got stepchildren, too. So we often have four kids in the house. And then, it, you know, logistically, it's ridiculous. I'm loading the dishwasher. I'm not exaggerating saying this seven, eight times a day at yeah. the weekends. I'm washing so many sporting outfits. Yeah. I can't even tell you. Again, five loads of washing on a Saturday sometimes. Yeah. It's ridiculous um so logistically it's hardcore but I'm really lucky my husband is an amazing father um and also he has a weird job he's a musician so sometimes he's away for ages and other times he's home for ages so we either miss him or get sick of him so (laughs) it's kind of a very you know bizarre mix but we just keep talking always you know are you okay doing the school one today? Do you want me to do it? You know, we kind of just flip-flop everything and share everything. Mm. Um, and we somehow stumble through it blindly and also just go day at a time. So we will plan ahead with diaries, but actually, as in getting stressed about things, we just try and go, right, today is today, and then let's deal with tomorrow when we wake up and mm. get on with it, because it can be quite overwhelming.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And aside from your career, how, how do you think the motherhood has impacted you?
1: Um In lots of ways, good and bad, I would say, if I'm really honest. I think more positive for sure. Um, My priorities have completely, completely flipped on their heads in the best possible way. And I see work now as um, something that I'm very lucky to have and that I really enjoy when I'm there. And I'm much more focused because I know... I want to get home uh, quickly, you know, as soon as I can. Um, And then when I'm at home, I am such a homebody these days. I don't like going anywhere. I love being at home with my kids, cooking, Mm. baking, drawing, simple, simple pleasures. So it's really enhanced that side of me. I think negative impact has just been sort of general anxiety, which I think a lot of parents out there, working or not, will feel because you love these little guys so much and you, can't switch off the worry button very easily and I think that is omnipresent and you have to learn to deal with that and to mitigate it in some way so you don't completely stress yourself out Mm. but I do think it's hard Um, and you know I know a lot of other mums that deal with intense anxiety and worry about things and that is just, I think, part of the package, really.
0: I'm, I'm nodding along because I feel that too. And actually, yeah, I think I think before I became a mum, I was a lot more kind of I don't know. I think I'm quite a thick-skinned and resilient person. I'm not a, I'm not such a sensitive person. However, my son is, mm. and so I think seeing the world, like navigating it through his eyes over the last few years, and knowing that he is sensitive, it's kind of yeah, I've learned a lot. And I feel sometimes like you just want to, you can't change the world or protect, you know, you can't protect them from the world. They have mm. to go and experience things and figure things out for themselves. And you. You can't always you know be there to make it how you know
1: completely and they have to learn and and they have to go through tough times yeah. and you have to let go and it's excruciating but um but as i said i think all the beautiful positives far outweigh yeah. the negatives it's just about getting that balance i guess yeah for sure
0: So I'm going to talk to you about the Power Hour because this is the Power Hour show. So as I mentioned a little bit, I um, get up early in the morning and I call it my Power Hour because the first hour of my day is when I believe is just the most powerful. If I start the day right and if I nail the hour, then I know I'm going to feel good for the rest of the day. And also because I'm so easily distracted, that's the one hour of the day when there's the least distractions Yeah, because no one's you know sending me an email or whatsapping me Jude's still asleep sometimes as well wow I know who I mean, is this you, kid well I was going to say because your kids get up early I think yeah don't they? yeah they see do. I get up before Jude what yeah I know I, mean, I can't I do even get up,
1: imagine that experience I do get
0: up about half five though and he wakes up at what? about half six why to get my stuff done like
1: honestly god I need to be more like you
0: <laughs> no but what I'm saying is for me that works and I've figured that out over wow. what time day. do you
1: go to bed I do go to bed early I'm a granny. Go on what time? 9:30? Yes, yeah, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> but that's obviously- not a, that's like that's a reasonably good time to go to bed I would say. Yeah. I can't go to bed later than that. I've got to go out tonight to a work thing and I'm already thinking how the hell am I staying awake until Potentially eleven o'clock.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've heard you say that. You're like, no, oh time God. to leave.
1: Pumpkin, <laughs> I've got to go. I'm going to have to sneak out, ninja vanish, big time.
0: Yeah, I saw. A, 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 I think it was a tweet the other day saying I used to like sneak out my house to go to parties, and now I sneak out of parties
1: to go yep, to my that's house. That's me. <laughs> I don't even go to parties, quite frankly.
0: <laughs> but yeah, go to bed early so I can get up early and do all this stuff. And yeah, I've been asking people like what their morning routine is, what time they get up. So I'd love to know. Uh, yeah, what the first hour of your day includes.
1: So we're having a fluky situation at the moment. I'm sort of almost tempting fate by saying this and having it recorded for a podcast, that my kids for the last month have woken up at 10 to 7 every day, which is the greatest lie-in yes. I've had in six years. Yeah. And we just, each morning when one of the kids comes in and sort of taps us on the arm, we look at each other and go, oh, you know, you come out of that coma. And then <laughs> I go, oh God, where's my phone? I look at the time and go, Jess. And and we literally can't (laughs) believe it. And we sort of skip out of bed. Before that, for the last six years, it's just been a free-for-all it could be five it could be half six on a good day it could be ten to six which you go oh it's only ten to six anything past six is okay i'll deal with that it could be quarter past six it could be anything yeah so it was always early yeah. whereas we've had so much sleep recently that i started to say the other day i said do you think we're getting too much sleep he's like shut up <laughs> just enjoy just it. it yeah so yeah the last month getting up at about ten to seven Perfect. And it's always pretty similar on a weekday, obviously, because Rex goes to school and Honey goes to nursery in the afternoons. She's just sort of chilling. The first thing I do before anything is, before even I fed the cats, before anything, before I've spoken... I have to make a coffee okay nothing is happening until that coffee is in my hand you
0: see I'm caffeine
1: free this is so Who weird for me are you? no but let me tell you something this
0: is what people think they think that the coffee is like because I'm caffeine free that's I think it's something to do with your sleep and your kind of the, the level that you sleep I, I'm not going to quote this right but this is why you I look 12
1: <laughs> This is why you look like a 12-year-old. Thanks, I'll take that. Even in my head, I'm going, how old is she? How can she have a child who's seven? She's 15. No, I'm 31. 31. Yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> like, so she's lying. We're going to check some facts on Google later. Yeah,
0: I'm 31. And basically the caffeine-free thing is honestly a secret weapon because then, even though I'm going to bed at half nine, it's like a deeper sleep. Whereas apparently if you've got caffeine in your blood, right. it's like a lighter sleep.
1: Well, I only allow myself one okay. at seven. Okay. I don't have any more in the day because I have such bad insomnia. Not all the time, but if I'm anxious, yeah. I literally don't sleep. I just okay. lay awake all night. So if I have a second, I'm ruined. It's game over. I used to drink loads. I used to drink loads, smoke fags, drink booze. I did everything. I didn't care. Um, now it's one coffee a day. Yeah. I don't drink. Yeah. I'm the most boring human that ever existed, and that suits I think me. Think I'm beating you at that. Okay, you might be beating <laughs> me at that, I'm you at but that. it's working because you're fifteen, so it's <laughs> fine. So, so I get up have that coffee and then everything's right of the world and I chug loads of water. I drink so much water when I wake up because if I don't have loads of time in the day to keep drinking it, I know I've had like probably a litre in the okay. morning. I chug it and just to like flush my system out and feel really good to the start of the day. Then it's a, sort of a systematic who gets fed first situation. So usually the cats because they're annoying me and going cat food down. Then kids breakfast. Honey's really leisurely. She's like sort of princess margaret she'll have like a little bit of breakfast and then half an hour later or oh, a little bit more and then half an hour later a little croissant whereas rex wants a big breakfast yeah. right there and then so it's feeding him then if my stepkids are there we have to sort of beg arthur the 17 year old to get out of bed you lure him down the stairs with pancakes something like that and my stepdaughter so lots of cooking lots of chaos Sounds busy, yeah Rex usually has to sort of do a sort of spelling revision thing in the morning because he has no focus after school at night. So we're also trying to beg him to do that and trying, begging him to put his school uniform on. There's lots of bribery for that hour. Um, so it is chaos, but I really like it. Mm. I don't sort of butt my head against it. I really quite enjoy all of that chaos and yeah. what comes with it. And because I've got a coffee in my hand, I'm really happy. I'm just sort of grateful that that's being drunk. Yeah. Um, and there's kids telly on and it's just noise and chaos. And that is right up till eight when we leave to go to school. Yeah. So sometimes if they've woken up at six, half six, like yesterday, they woke up early, which I don't mind if it's post six. um, I'll have my coffee. Mm-hmm. And then if Jesse's around, I'll say, right, you do all of that chaos bit. I'm going to go and do a fit or I'm going to go for a run. Yeah. So by sort of quarter to seven, quarter past seven, I've done my exercise for the day and it's over. And I prefer to do it then. I don't like doing it later in the day. I like to do it really early. So quite a lot of the time, he he luckily doesn't. He likes to do it later so we can tag team. So if I get mine in really early, I am so happy. And I try and exercise minimum five times a week. And it hasn't got to be anything crazy. It could be half an hour of yoga. It could be a really fast walk. It could be a quick jog. I like to keep active because it makes me feel great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's really impressive and I think, you know, a lot of what you're saying there for a lot of parents they're kind of thinking, "Oh my gosh, yes me too." You know, it is chaos in the morning and chaos. it can be kind of and you know, it, I love what you said then about um, you know, doing some work with Rex in the morning because I do that with Jude when he comes yeah. home from school. They're he's tired. tired. And he's you know, it's like pulling teeth trying to get him to do, you know, they spelling can't do and stuff. It. So we do it in the morning as well. it's and the best. Yeah, and people have said to me they're like, "What? He does it in the morning?" And I think they perhaps think that, "Yeah, I'm like getting him out of bed and making him sit his desk." And it's like yeah, I'm, like That's they breakfast. Yeah. I think their
1: brains are in gear and they're kind mm. of waking up to the day and it's a good time for that information to stay. Whereas at night, he is so tired from school. He's tiny. He's only six, do you know what I mean? So that works better for us for sure. But there's definitely no lighting candles and, you know around like Richie Norton there's <laughs> none of that his hour
0: is long he was telling us about his special tea and he's like uh, yeah, of course like, <laughs> he's got special tea <laughs> Richie Brew not instant it. coffee like me no but I love that that it is chaos and as, and as you said just having your coffee and being happy and knowing Ooh. actually it's the small thing sometimes that we can like you know I love um, almond butter I'm like obsessed with it yum and so for me literally when I put my almond butter on my porridge in the morning that for me is like one of the joys of my day I'm just yeah. like I love, love this it. moment because I'm sitting eating my porridge
1: yeah heaven so. it's simple things simple pleasures
0: and each week I ask the guests to give our listeners like a power hour challenge so it's something that they can try out at home something they can do this week if they have one hour to dedicate to Mm. kind of feeling better it can be to you know improve their lives improve themselves anything really so do you have something we could try yes
1: i would say my go-to thing and this is very specifically if i'm really tired if i've had a bad night of insomnia if the kids have woken me up at five or if i've done an extortionally sort of you know ridiculously long day um and i feel exhausted and i might have to do something later on that day still if i've got an hour me and my husband are massively into doing uh, online meditations i'm not very good at just sitting there and trying and sort of like block out all the chaos in my head. But there's one specific sort of technique, and you can find these on YouTube or anywhere, um, called Yoga Nidra, N-I-D-R-A. And they're, they're really good for sort of just zoning out. And you can, I usually fall asleep for about 20 minutes, but you feel like you've had a whole night's sleep. And it basically sort of goes around your whole body, shutting off bits of it, you know, concentrating on each fingertip, each joint in your body. And then you kind of just start to, really zone out and black out and but then wake up feeling quite revived so if we're really tired that for me and my husband and if the kids are at school nursery that is our go-to thing to do Mm. love it
0: amazing check it out guys give it a try mm. i think i have done that once before but it was at an event nice I felt well i felt really embarrassed because i think as you were just describing it was like relax you know think about the toes think about the feet mm. and the next minute i'm snoring yeah yeah yeah, yeah. out for the count <laughs> in an event. brilliant I think
1: she kind of banged like a gong and i was like oh, oh. yeah i'm back in the it's room. like a caffeine you're out like a switch <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah
0: it was probably it was probably getting close to my bedtime exactly probably 5, probably 5 p.m exactly Okay, so before I ask you, I can't believe it's coming to the end, but before I ask you my closing question, um, I was going to say, where can people find you online? But let's be honest, 10 million, I doubt there's anyone listening to this show who doesn't <laughs> follow you
1: online. Well, they might not. If not, you know, if you already follow me, go and buy me books. Yeah, Because I've got so three, well, I've got cookbooks and you know, kids book, yoga babies and hungry babies, but um, my sort of big passion for the last few years have been happy, calm and quiet. Mm. And I've sort of pu- poured all my energy into those books um and it's they're sort of an extension of the podcast and the subject matter that we're sort of talking about there um, and i've had very kind feedback from those books i really appreciate so if you haven't bought them as yet uh, happy is about depression calm is about anxiety and quiet is about trying to mitigate all of that noise in our heads the negative voices and the bad things we call ourselves
0: mm. Amazing. Check it out, guys. Thank you so much. So my closing question, which I ask to every single guest who comes onto the show, I really do believe that time is the most valuable thing we all have, hence the Power Hour. We can get our money back, but we can never get our time back. So, Fern, what is the most valuable thing that time has taught you?
1: Um, I-, I think this goes back to having kids. And I think it's about being in the moment because you watch them... Just in the moment, whether it be having an almighty tantrum or just joyfully like laughing about kicking leaves in a park, or it, the snow's out, let's go and run in the garden. It's snowing, you know. Being spontaneous and and living in those moments and almost eradicating what time means, I think, is is a joy and a a thing you have to kind of practice a bit of a discipline perhaps to go I'm not worrying about what's coming next or if I'm late or early or whatever I'm just experiencing those feelings in the moment and and my kids have have completely taught me that Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm still sort of getting on board with it but it's beautiful to watch them do it exceptionally well.
0: Yeah, that's so true. I think all kids are like masters of as they you said are. being present. They have no concept of time.
1: None. Five minutes to
0: a child means nothing. Yeah. So when you say get your shoes on in five minutes, literally you're just they're not playing on. Playing shoes on. with yeah. just with one sock
1: on. Oh yeah, yeah, so yeah. I
0: think yeah, we all need to be a little bit more like that and just kind of yeah. Just although I'm kind of as I said, like I really, really do value this thing of time, which is why I'm so, so grateful Fern that you came here to give oh, us an pleasure. hour of your
1: time. Pleasure. So thank you
0: so much, and thank you everyone for listening. As always, if you enjoying the show then please share it uh, share it with a friend or share it online and don't forget you can rate and review it on itunes have a fantastic week get inspired get busy get up early see ya thanks man. thank you
1: ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row